Today's episode of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast is brought to you by the letter M, the 13th letter of the modern English alphabet and the isobasic Latin alphabet. The English name is M, also the Roman numeral for 1000. The letter M, also a fictional character in Ian Fleming's James Bond book and film series. The letter M is an important part of our letter, starting with Michigan, Miamisburg, Mason, Middletown, Madison, and so much more. The letter M does not ever change to the letter X, despite what that team in Columbus fans want you to believe. When you want to establish the 13th letter of the alphabet, it's the letter M. And with this fake advertisement out of the way, if that doesn't make you want to sponsor the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, I don't know what will. On with the show! On November 26, 27th, and 28, 2021, in Cincinnati, Ohio, U.S. of A., the Bearcats Bengals helped to form the perfect sports weekend. Bengals crushing the Steelers. Bearcats, the best D1 team in Ohio, still undefeated, and one of two teams left unblemished. Plus, that team in Columbus lost. Here's the part where we laugh hysterically. Ready? <laughs> Best team in Ohio. Give me a break. It was the perfect sports weekend. And I'm here to talk to you about it here on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is an audio podcast that covers local sports in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central Indiana. When the host promises that all teams in the region are covered, that's a fact. No talking about that team in Columbus. Other people in Dayton have that covered. Hear from a host with experience covering several schools and teams and working with several media organizations. No luck required here, buddy. No insults thrown here, fans. Everyone is welcome to the local sports podcast train. Intro theme is Ultraviolet by Infraction from Upbeat. Visit sindaypod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com, for ways to listen to the podcast and to buy merchandise. Now, please welcome your host, Lee W. Mowen. At this point of the podcast... I vow not to laugh as much as I can about that team of Columbus losing up in Michigan. I said I'd try. I didn't say I'd be successful at it. <laughs> oh, the perfect sports weekend. Mm. I don't know when we'll ever see it again in Cincinnati. Hopefully soon, because, you know, Cincinnati definitely deserves a great sports city. And I'm loving being part of Southwest Ohio sports. In case you do want to hear about the loss, it'll be talked about for the next 13 centuries on Dayton Radio. You know, such 
as life. So let's begin with UC and the Bearcats. 12-0 record, one of two Division I college teams without a loss. The other one being the Georgia Bulldogs. And you know what? I can instantly hear the argument, weak schedule, weak conference. Who does Cincinnati beat? My team in Columbus should be in the playoffs, although we have two losses and not playing for the Big Ten championship. If you sound like that, I'm sorry to nail that that down. But uh, no. See, you see 12-0, they got their slate taken care of, and they've handled it in style. Yes, you can say the AAC is weak, but again, Bearcats, they went undefeated. That team, Columbus, can't say that. So that's why the Bearcats are the best team in Ohio for Division I. I really do need to check on Mountain Union, see how they did this year. I don't even know if D3 football is still playing, which I know that's my fault, you know, you know, not keeping up with the podcast. But let's not talk about that. So last week, Cincinnati had their final home game at Nippert Stadium, and that was their 26th win at home in a row. So four years unblemished at Nippert. That's impressive. I wish FC Cincinnati could say that too, but um, hey. We can't be choosers, can we? So the Bearcats beat SMU 48-14. to I'll be honest, I thought this is the game where Cincinnati's perfect record would end. But uh, yeah, Jerome Ford and company proved me wrong. And I am happily, happily admitting that I was wrong. So Friday, November 26th, Bearcats were at East Carolina. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I thought they played Saturday. Because, you know, I was busy the whole weekend with high school and collegiate basketball. It was a perfect sports weekend for me because that means winter sports are in season. And I'm going to be oh so busy this season. But that's okay. I'd rather be busy. This month has been extremely rough. So, so the Bearcats, they went to East Carolina. I feel like every year Bearcats go to East Carolina. I don't know if I'm right on that, but it just feels like we go to ECU all the time. The Bearcats won 35-13. to Yes, the Pirates did get on the board first with a field goal, but it's not how you start. It's how you finish. 21 second quarter points to lead 21-3 to at the half. And 14 more points in the fourth quarter to win 35-13. to Desmond Ritter. 301 yards through the air. And Jerome Ford, 85 yards on the ground. I tell you, this Bearcats team is impressive. And I really hope that Luke Fickle stays at UC. Especially since, you know, the Big 12 is directly in the sights of Cincinnati. So, for the Bearcats, 143 yards on the ground. 301 through the air. So, instead of having Ford run over the opponent like he did against SMU, it was Ritter. Taking charge. Two picks for Ritter, however. He went 17 of 28 with two touchdowns and an average of uh, 10.8 yards per pass. 444 yards total for the Bearcats to East Carolina's 282. And East Carolina had to run 13 more plays, 77 to 64 on that. But the Bearcats got more out of those last plays. About seven yards or 6.9. Yards per play, nice, to 3.7 for ECU. 
Bearcats would commit more penalties, seven for 60 yards, compared to ECU's five for 50. So, Bearcats undefeated. And again, you can make the argument, uh, weak schedule, don't play anybody. Well, okay. Um, at Indiana, which I know, Hoosiers didn't have that grave a year, but hey, when they're not in your conference and you pull off a road win at Indiana, you know, that's pretty impressive. Although, I know that team of Columbus fans are instantly yelling at their podcast machines or what have you. Eh, but we beat them more in Bloomington. Eh. I don't know why fans sound like that, but uh, I do great voices, let me tell you. So, you know, that's still a big win. You know, you don't get to see Big Ten teams all the time, especially at home. But able to win at Indiana, that's pretty big. And at Notre Dame, you know, the following week, that's also very big. Speaking of which, former Cincinnati Bearcats head coach Brian Kelly is now off to LSU. And I saw that last night uh, broadcasting with ESP Media and Flow Sports. I looked at that like, really, LSU? I feel like instead of getting a home run higher than you needed, you got a single. And it was a bang-bang play at first. And the umpire's like, oh, what the hey? It's a hit. You know, well, let me say, brother, he doesn't say what's a hit. I know baseball, darn it. Anyway, you know what I mean? It's just you have an unlimited grocery budget and you go to the store and instead of like, I don't know, let's say Oreos and the fancy flavors, you know, instead of getting that, you go mm, the um, cheap ones, which actually I would probably do that too. Let's be real. You get more, but you get what I'm saying. It's just, I don't know. I mean, you look at Notre Dame's record and, you know, Brian Kelly there, it's just, why? And then I find out that most of the players and recruits learn via social media. Coach Kelly would tell them after they found out, which, uh, how nice. Uh, anyway, sorry, that's getting off topic. Let's talk about UC. You know what UC's playing for this Saturday? The AAC Football Championship. And I think in a few hours... It's sold out at Nippert Stadium. It will be the Houston football team in town. Houston football team in town. That's the Houston Cougars. I thought it was the Wildcats for a second. Like, hmm? Maybe it's the Houston Oilers coming in. They're back from, you know, the grave or whatever. Four o'clock on Saturday the 4th, 4 p.m. It is on ABC. Or if you're like me, you'll listen to it on the radio with Dan Horde, who is pretty much the voice of Cincinnati. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, think about all what Dan Horde does. Bearcats, Bengals, basketball starting, football still playing. And, you know, we'll talk about the Bengals in a little bit. But, man, oh, man, this has been a fun year for Cincinnati. Well, the Reds disappointing in the end. Eh. FC Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> less said the better on that. Hopefully. This new general manager gets things whipped up and we're not dead last again in the MLS, but we'll see. Yeah, the perfect weekend. I tell you, it, it's this game is going to be so important, not only because the Bearcats have a chance for a 13-0 record and a spot in the college football playoffs, as they should. You know, one of two teams undefeated. I don't see how you leave them out. But you know how much that means to Cincinnati? 
the D1 football team in town doing things, bringing this media attention to the Queen City instead of that team in Columbus like every year. And then that team in Columbus just falters against SEC powers because, you know, the back does not prepare you for that, you know? So in the series, Houston actually leads 15 to 12, but the Bearcats have won two straight. The longest winning streak for Cincinnati, you have to dial it back from 2000 to 2014, where it was five. The longest losing streak, well, I hope you like history because it was a six-game losing streak from October 5th, 1957 to December the 1st, 1962. So yeah, it's been a while. So the Bearcats against Houston, 7-6 and six at home. The first matchup was won by exactly 7 points, 7-0. Largest victory came in late 2002, 47-14. In the last 10 matchups, Cincinnati has handled Houston 7 out of 10 times. That's going back to October 9th, 1999, to last year's contest on November the 7th. So... You know, I I have a good feeling. I really have a good feeling. And there's a big, big gap in between the second to last matchup and the one at Nippert Stadium. Bearcats fell in 2016, 40-16, and then one at Houston in 2019, 38-23 at TCECU Stadium. Don't know what that means, and I'm not going to look it up. Sorry. But... ACC title on the line and a chance for college football greatness. And I know people are instantly going to say, oh, you're going to get smashed by Georgia. <laughs> well, uh, remember last year, Bearcats actually had the Bulldogs on the road for most of that game. And then Georgia came back and won late. So, you know, I think the Bearcats are ready. You know? And I'm really hoping that the Bearcats can go 13-0, win the AAC, and get a chance to show the college football world that Cincinnati is not the little brother of Columbus. Take that, 21 Pilots. (laughs) What a crew. 21 Pilots. Can't even afford the 22nd one. (laughs) I have to listen to that music when my fiance is in the car because she likes Alt-1039. Can we also talk a little bit about that? That's now the Christmas station date, and there's so many people angry about that. And I'm not one of them. I'm actually listening to 1039. I used to listen when it was the X, because, you know, I used to work out. Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? I'm not, I wasn't just the big blob of fat that you know nowadays. I used to actually work out in, in the high school gym. It was always on 1039 the X. That's why I would work out too. Now it's all. 21 pilots and imagine dragons like no thank you so yes this change to christmas music is quite welcome but it's not gonna last remember they switch back like right after christmas day i think midnight on the 26th so there you go dayton radio talk and a topic that's supposed to be about cincinnati and now we quickly shuffle over i love hindenburg i can just put in a a A chapter just like that on the fly. Look at me go. The Bengals defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-10. to I tell you, there is one thing about the game that really angered me. I didn't get to catch it at all. Yes, I know, I shouldn't say that because 
You know, I, I was working the first ever HBCU, that's Historically Black College and University Women's Basketball Classic in Witten Woods, at Witten Woods. Witten Woods is a nice city. It's Forest Park. And I got to see the Wilberforce Bulldogs host Hawking College and Fisk University. JV won against Hawking College, and varsity fell. And second half, that wasn't nice to Wilberforce, to Fisk. So I, I I was part of history. I was part of the very first event, and getting to cover the win, excuse me, the Wilberforce Bulldogs, that was quite a treat. So I'm not trying to say, oh, I had to work and I missed it. Ah, I'm angry. My team in Columbus. <laughs> I know I said I wouldn't laugh, but I can't help it. I'm sorry. Especially all the crap that Buckeye fans talk. It's nice to have the social media timeline just so calm. And there's still people that have X'd out M. It's not funny. You look stupid. Cut it out. Next year, I might X out the O in Mowen just to see how people react. No, I'm not stupid. Sorry. Anyway, Bengals. Hear them Bengals growling. Sweeping Pittsburgh. Now the Bengals have won. Three straight against the Steelers. I couldn't keep the song going. Doo-doo. Anyway. That was a crushing win. Just imagine Sher Khan from the Jungle Book taking a can, like an old school can of soda, because they were made of steel at that time, now it's aluminum, and just crushing it over and just making it into the smallest ball of steel possible. Oh, I wish I could have saw that game. There was a fan. <laughs> what was at Wooden Woods? There was a fan in front of me watching the game. I didn't have the best angle on it, but... Uh, yeah, Cincinnati just came at Pittsburgh hard. And there was only one team that's held Pittsburgh to 10 points twice. I bet you can guess who it is. It's the Bengals. Just thought you should know. The game stats. Cincinnati only outgained Pittsburgh 370 to 301. But only seven penalties called on the game. Four on Pittsburgh, three on Natty. 30 yards against Pittsburgh, 18 against Cincinnati. But here's the big, big circle I'm doing with the John Madden video board and whatever. 35 minutes, 20 seconds of holding on the ball for Cincinnati, 2440 for Pittsburgh. That's astounding. You have the ball for nearly 36 minutes and you score 41 points. Mm -mm. Joe Burrow, 20 of 24, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Joe Mixon on the ground, led the core, 165 yards on 28 rushes. With two touchdowns, Joe Burrow also rushed in the first touchdown of the game. That was his only run, eight-yard score. And the Bengals led by T. Higgins, 114 yards through the air. Jamar Chase, only 39 yards, three catches, but that's okay, you know? Like I said, I was on Team Sewell before the draft. I'm fully on Team Chase. It's okay, you know? It's about a team win, and Chase is part of that team, and I am so happy to see it. Tyler Boyd also shut down, too. Two catches, 13 yards. P. Ryan, one catch, 12 yards. Uzoma, three catches, nine yards. So the tight end held quiet. No catches for Thaddeus Moss. He was active. Yes, mostly for, um, I was going to say social, <laughs> social teams. No, special teams. I have no idea what's wrong with me. Oh, yeah, it's the perfect weekend. I'm still laughing about it. I mean, 
Joe Burrow didn't have the flashiest numbers, but you know what? Bengals got it done. On the other side of the coin, Ben Roethlisberger had to throw it 41 times because the rushing game, the top two, Harris and Bollage, only combined for 44 yards. No touchdowns. Snell, two for five, and McFarland, two for two. Roethlisberger, 263 yards through the air. I think he had about 310 against Cincinnati in Pittsburgh. One touchdown, two picks. His touchdown came late in the fourth. Yeah. His touchdown was to Fryer Move, the tight end that Pittsburgh drafted this year. Four catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Deontay Johnson actually led the receiving core for Pittsburgh. Nine catches, 95 yards, no scores. And Claypool, 82 yards on three catches. But yeah, able to keep the Bengal or able to keep the Steelers quiet. Yes, I know this Steelers team isn't as strong as years past. I get that. The offensive line is like tissue paper. It was like our offensive line past few years. And Pittsburgh kind of didn't fix the line. You see what a good O-line does? You see what a good O-line coach does? I, I, I'm still struggling to determine, is it the offensive line that's better, or is it Frank Pollock working his magic, making the offensive linemen better? You know, is it the line that's better, and it's gotten better, or is it Frank Pollock working his magic? You know what I mean? I don't know. So, yeah. Again, the only thing that makes me sad is I didn't get to catch it. I didn't get to catch Dan Hort's call. I didn't get to catch it on TV. That's the only thing that made me mad. But who freaking day? Also, that team in Cleveland. No, I'm not going to do that. The Cleveland Browns lost. <laughs> I know the Browns are injured to heck, but you know... Of all the crap that the Browns talk about Bengals and going to the Super Bowl, I've been less, you know, I've been less emphatic about it. You know, you talk your crap, but you had one playoff win. And yes, you can make the whole 1990 joke. (laughs) Aren't you clever? (laughs) But at the same time, you know, things are falling apart in Cleveland. The players are getting unhappy and... You know, how about Cleveland barely getting by the Lions? How about that? 13 to 10. And I know this is probably the best 0 10 and 1 team we'll ever see because the Lions are playing hard. I actually watched the Thanksgiving game and I was a little heartbroken that Detroit lost it on a last second field goal again. Nothing against the Chicago Bears. I mean, I'm still angry we lost that game, but we started off slow. We couldn't counter until it was too late. So. But at the same time, you know, I do like Dan Campbell there, and hopefully he does get a chance to turn it around, get some talent in there, get get it turned around, because I think he can do it. But we'll see. Then again, running it on third and 32 Detroit in your own side of the field, really? It just scratches my head. Anyway. The perfect weekend in Cincinnati. Now, of course, what would top that off is the Reds winning the World Series, which I don't know if that'll ever happen because the first move that the Reds made was for... uh, I'm trying to remember his first name, but it's Garcia, the backup catcher for the Oakland Athletics. He signed a one-year deal with Cincinnati. 
Let me go back. Yeah, a minor league contract for Aramis Garcia with an invitation to Major League Spring Training. Yes, Tucker Barnhart is gone, and now it's Tyler Stevenson's time to shine. I think he'll do quite well for Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, you know, Reds, extend Castellanos. Keep him in Cincinnati. Extend Winker. Don't trade your cornerstones of the pitching core, okay? Don't trade Sonny Gray. I mean, I know Hunter Green should be ready for the big show. Nick Lodolo's getting there. Garrett Ashcraft, I still think, needs a little bit more time in minor leagues. Probably AAA this year for him. Maybe start off in double-A Chattanooga. I don't know. I like how we're talking about the perfect weekend that I go right to Reds and just, I'm sorry. Let's celebrate this perfect weekend. Bengals winning, Bearcats winning, Browns losing. Although that does mean the Ravens won, which keeps Baltimore on top of the AFC North. But, hey. And the Buckeyes losing. It was the perfect weekend. You know what else is the perfect weekend coming up? We got several local high school teams playing for a state title. I think the Midwest Athletic Conference is sending three. Coldwater Versailles and Marion Local for their division state titles. I'm trying to think who's got Kirkland. They have won they've won 40 straight. They won a lot. So that's going to be a tough test, but it'll be fun to see. And Witten Woods representing Cincinnati in Division II. The Warriors looking for another football state title. That'll be fun. And Chad Murphy's first year taking over Andre Parker. First year. And it looked like the Warriors were struggling now the gate. And then, bam, it's Witten Woods. Never count out Witten Woods. Try to think there's another Cincinnati team. Yes. Um. No, actually, Muller lost. That's right. Springfield is playing for the D1 state title. You know, that could have been Princeton playing Springfield. And that could have been... No, wait, it couldn't have. Spectrum would have kicked me off again. I hate that rule. You know, I wouldn't mind going audio, but Spectrum's like, no, we gotta have them. You haven't seen Princeton all year. I've covered the whole team. Sorry, it's it's gotten on my nerves. Anyway. Springfield. Trying to think who's in D3. Hamilton Baden. D4, Clinton Massey. Goldwater, Baring Local, and for sales. Not necessarily in that order, but hey, we got local teams playing for state titles this weekend up in Canton. And the next episode, we will celebrate state titles in fall sports. We'll talk about volleyball. We will talk about boys and girls soccer because the Wyoming Cowboys and my good friend Adam Jones, head coach there, won the first state title for boys soccer. And I got to cover the regional final up in Beaver Creek, so I'm very happy for him. So, yeah. Next time, it is the Fall Sports Wrap-Up here on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. That will do it for this episode. I know it's a short one, but hey, when you have a perfect weekend like this, don't you expect the only outlet in Dayton that covers local sports to talk about it? Yeah, I would too. So, this is Lee W. Mallon signing off. Thanks for hanging out one more time. Again, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. It's the perfect weekend with the Bearcats and Bengals winning. We'll talk to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. 
Be sure to bookmark sindaypod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from Tee Public and Redbubble to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SindayPod and the host at the Lee W. Mowen. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.